You're listening to What's the Rumpus? Shh. Geeks in progress. Her webpage is whatstherumpuspodcast.com where you can listen to episodes or join in the off-air discussion in the forums. Our theme music is Better Nation by Curious Hands, which can be found at podsafeaudio.com. Submit and vote for stories at whatstherumpus.reddit.com. That's R-E-D-D-I-T dot com. Welcome to another episode of What's the Rumpus. I'm Adrian Hanna. Carl Thomas. I'm going to be at Houghton next week, and I'm going to try. I'm trying to convince Ryder to uh, join us. Cool. Yeah. I'm going to be in Wisconsin next week, so hopefully that will work out. What are you doing in Wisconsin? Why do you, Why do people go to Wisconsin? Uh, driving to other places. It's a for a wedding. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Yeah. So, are you going to be able to podcastify? Uh, hopefully. Uh, well, we can talk about it after we record. Okay. The the logistics of it. Uh, but in the meantime, let's talk about FEMA and waffles. Yes, FEMA and waffles. So um, where did this come from? Gizmodo reported that uh, FEMA determines how bad a hurricane is by whether or not the waffle house in that area is open. <laughs> so this was really interesting to me for a great number of reasons. But apparently um, Waffle House has very strict procedures in place for um, how to be open, like what what um, – what equipment needs to be available for what kind of food. So if there's no power, but they still have gas, they can still make a lot of their food. So a Waffle House will almost always be open unless something is, like, horribly catastrophically wrong, and they will just have a limited menu and, like, a generator power or something like that. Um, so because the Waffle House tries to stay open as much as possible, FEMA uses it as an, as an indicator of how bad an emergency zone is. So if the Waffle House is open, they don't need to worry about it. If it's, um, if it's uh, open but has a partial menu, it means that they probably don't have electricity or they don't have gas, so they're running only some of their equipment so they can only make some of their food. And so it's a, it's a bit of an issue. But if the Waffle House is closed, it's like, bring out FEMA, it's actually completely not, it's, it's like a, it's a legitimate disaster, and we actually need to have emergency relief there. That's that's brilliant. But uh, now that this has been, you know, published, I wonder if people are going to start or start gaming FEMA by, you know, convincing the Waffle House to close. So I, there's not a single Waffle House open in this area, and they had light rain. It must be a disaster. Well, so I think that they have to look for. I mean, it's, it's a it's a prioritization method. It's not like right. There's a waffle like the Waffle House went out of business due to lack of customers. Obviously, this is a natural emergency. <laughs> but it's it's the government is inefficient at so many things that what they did was rather than try and make an efficient method of determining what was it, what was and wasn't a natural disaster, they're using a company to do it for them because it's in the company's best interest to stay open and make money as much as possible. And because the Waffle House is so good at it, they are using them as an example, and there's Waffle Houses everywhere, especially in places that tend to have a lot of natural disasters, like Tornado Alley and whatnot. So, as much as I, so, it's, I don't know, that's why it's interesting to me, that the government is like, oh, well, these guys have it all figured out, so we'll just use them as a measure. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. I I you know, and now that I think about it, when I lived in uh, in North Carolina, the Waffle House was like the place to go during hurricanes because it was always open. Right, exactly, and that's exactly the point. That's pretty rad. It's yeah, and like you were saying, it's I think it's interesting that uh, 
that the uh, the, the government a, a government agency said said hey um so we don't want to get bogged down with a lot of red tape and stuff so uh and it takes forever to do everything in in government so we can use this as a good uh guideline so speaking of uh, of food, uh, the Japanese arm of Domino's Pizza has announced that they are making plans to open a store on the moon. I didn't know that it was Japan's uh, branch of Domino's Pizza, but somehow that makes sense to me. <laughs> yeah. So um, obviously this is just a marketing ploy, but they've actually hired a uh, construction firm to uh, to draw up plans for a uh, for an actual Domino's Pizza in. Uh, in space or, you know, on the moon. Um, something that I didn't realize that they talked about in this article was uh, the fact that in 2001, Pizza Hut made a delivery to the International Space Station. Really? Yeah. Wow. I'm guessing that there was a shuttle that was yeah. going there anyways, and they just put a pizza on there uh, or something like that. Make more sense than Pizza Hut building a rocket. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be pretty awesome. Uh, but apparently the uh, the um, Domino's Lunar store, um, the estimated cost is going to be something like twenty one point seven billion dollars. And uh, if you the I found this on uh, on Slashdot, but if you click through the link to to the uh, the original story, which is off of the Telegraph, they actually have some of the pictures that they uh, this construction firm came up with. And the best part about it is the first the first picture is this dome shaped Domino's pizza with a dude riding a motorcycle out front of it. <laughs> It's ridiculous. It's like this, you know, it's like a little, it looks like an igloo. And then off to one side, there's solar panels to obviously to power the thing. And then right out front is some dude on some big ass, easy rider looking motorcycle. (laughs) Awesome. And then they, they, the actual, they show like stuff from inside and there's like, there's like a garden in the middle of it and like treadmills and all all kinds of crap all over the place it's just like this is so beyond i mean it's like it's like a resort or something <laughs> it's like an all pizza resort oh and one of them they have a picture of like the whole thing that's like stylized and everything and there's a little rocket in the background with the domino's logo all over it so i'm guessing that that's li- landing that's landing on a on a landing pad that's the domino's logo awesome. so so i'm i'm guessing pizza delivery in space it's so ridiculous and awesome. Yeah. So what did you say it was going to cost? 20, 20 something billion? Yeah, $21.7 billion. Doesn't it seem like by the time this is actually feasible that it wouldn't cost a lot less than that? Uh, yeah, you you would imagine also, that. Also, how much money does Domino's have in the reserve that they can afford a $20 billion <laughs> program? No kidding. And and that and see that's that's also uh as slashdot put it includes uh cost cutting measures like using uh mineral deposits on the moon to make concrete instead of importing the concrete from earth <laughs> awesome yeah so it would cost even more if they were to just you know send everything up that they needed instead of using available resources on the moon with right. steve <laughs> On the moon, Steve. Did you brush your teeth? No, I no. What? I was dead at the time. Uh, and of course, uh, once you eat yourself to death on Domino's Pizza on the moon, you're gonna have to have find a way to uh, um, get rid of the body. And what better way than uh, this new green tech? Oh yeah, 
that was a pretty awkward segue. I didn't realize where you were going with that. Yeah, I'm getting better. I promise. So there's a, some guy in uh, or some company in in Scotland, I believe, uh, has has developed a uh, an alkaline hydrolysis unit, um, which is basically they instead of cremating your body, they put put your body in a tube and then fill it with uh, I think it's boiling or heated alkaline water, and they just slosh it around until your whole body dissolves into a gloppy goo. And then they drain it and get rid of it. And it's supposed to be a lot greener. Right. I think they actually have a number. Uh, uh, oh, so it's already the, so the unit, it's not that they just came up with this idea. The, the company has already installed one at a uh, Florida funeral home. And uh, it takes one-third less greenhouse gas and cremation, uses one-seventh of the energy, and allows for separation of dental amalgam for safe disposal. Um, yeah, because, you know, I one of the one of my pet peeves is uh, so when you're digging through uh, grandma's ashes and you just find, you know, a filling, yeah. it just bugs me. <laughs> yeah, so, I don't know. And does the size of it, like, what the, is the output larger? Because now people are going to have to buy bigger urns, right? And it's a lot easier to clean up dust than it is to clean up filled alkaline hydrolysis leavings. It's true. I don't... I don't know that this is necessarily something that you would uh, that you would then go and put in an urn um, because basically basically your entire body is liquefied at that point um, and I don't think that that would be uh, healthy to keep around nor would it smell that great. Yeah. So th- there's, first of all, this looks like something that a zero killer would keep in his basement. <laughs> Like, wasn't there, wasn't it, was it Ted Bundy or one of the other serial killers that actually did this? He dissolved his victims in vats of acid? Um, I, that sounds, oh, uh, uh, Dahmer did it. Yeah, okay. And, and the reason I know that is because my girlfriend is a serial killer enthusiast. She's from Wisconsin. More, (laughs) more, Wisconsin has more serial killers per capita than any other state in the nation. Yes. In fact, Ed Gein, who was the inspiration for Psycho, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and Silence of the Lambs from Wisconsin. Yep. <laughs> and I believe he's also uh, the the only person who has ever been able to been able to uh, um, use the uh, um, insanity plea successfully in a courtroom because he was legitimately batshit crazy. Okay. Well, it's there's it, it, there's something about Ed Gein and the the insanity plea that that is like that he is the only one that something or other. And I'm not sure exactly what it is, but I, yeah. anyways. He was a total nutter. Yeah, and if he was around now, he would probably have something like this in his basement. Um, although then he wouldn't be able to make anything out of precious skin that he was wearing off bodies. Yeah, maybe just not. just skin them and then throw throw all the bad stuff in there and get rid of it. So this actually this also made me think of one of the best shows ever, Six Feet Under. And when one of the so it was about a family that owned a funeral home. But when there was an episode where a guy died and wanted like an environmentally friendly funeral, so instead of they buried him, but instead of they like they donated all his organs and did some other stuff. But they didn't um, they didn't embalm him and they wrapped it instead of a Instead of a, a casket, he had a um, – this basically just biodegradable part of some kind that they wrapped him in and chucked him in the ground under a tree. That seems more efficient than, you know, liquefying someone. Yeah. Or setting them on fire, I guess. True. Well, I mean, you know, you don't even think about most of the time the uh, what goes into even, like, burying somebody, you know, because, like, there's – 
regulations that say that you have to pour a concrete slab over top of a grave site or some silly shit like that. So you 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 have to bury them. You have to bury them in a certain type of container. And then once you put the container in the ground and, you know, at, at a certain point you have to pour concrete so that there's concrete over top of it so that scavengers and, I don't know, grave robbers, I guess. I don't think that's required. I think that's just a, a bonus feature. Right. Well, still, there's a lot of places that do that. Yeah. No, yeah. It, there's there's a lot that goes into it, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Like, isn't the whole purpose of that so that it can go back into the ground and become energy for something else? Right. Instead, you have to wait until all that shit dissolves first before you can get it to Yep. But hey, it protects you from coming back from the dead and becoming a vampire or a zombie. That's true. Probably. But, but so does liquefying <laughs> you. So, yeah. you know, it's a trade off. Right, I think we've talked about this enough. It's yes, indeed. <laughs> So, uh, do you have a globe sitting around your house that you're not sh- sure how old it is? Uh, no. No. I use the internet. Yeah, me too. Today. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, kotki.org, um, they have a list of uh, ways to find out how old your globe is um, based on what countries are present. Because, uh, as we know, uh, countries are apt to uh, or prone to changing their names because of certain political things. So um, if you have an old globe laying around and say, for instance, it says, um, yeah, okay, so Ghana used to be called Ashanti uh, or the Gold Coast, and in 1957 that changed. Um, Cambodia used to be called French Indochina, but that changed in 1949. There's a whole list of these things, and that's actually really cool. Um you know, you don't even you don't really think about that and the fact that, you know, but now but after I read this, I remembered um, back when I was in school and uh, the Soviet Union fell and it collapsed and everyone used to make jokes about how, you know, oh, great. Now we got to get a new set of encyclopedias because the old ones are out of date. Right. The Internet fixed all that. Yep. I remember my elementary school had a flag with 48 stars on it because it was so old that it was pretty Alaska and Hawaii. Wow. That's that's kind of cool. I I I love stuff like that. It's yeah. pretty rad. I, don't know. I just I thought it was I, I thought it was interesting because it was something that would never even occur to me. Because if I ever need to look that kind of thing up, I go to Wikipedia, which changes it every second. Yep. <laughs> like uh, I, there, there was a, an African country that just like uh, split itself off or something like that recently. It was in Sudan and South Sudan or some shit like that. Yeah. So I wonder how long after it was declared that Wikipedia got updated. Probably pretty quick. Those guys are are this like almost like a full time job for them. I mean, even though it's all volunteer, but that's yeah, they're pretty quick on that stuff. And also, uh, John Cusack is no longer a thousand years old. Also, John Cusack was never a thousand years old. So on his Wikipedia page. So let's talk about uh, Clement Gilman. You want to you want to take this one? Zero. This guy is the best. Uh, so Clement Gilman was a gentleman who lived, let's see, from 1882 to 1946. Uh, I know nothing about him except for his tombstone, which reads, to the memory of Clement Gilman, 26th of November, 1882, 5th of October, 1946, who, who led a common sense and therefore happy life because he stubbornly refused to be bamboozled by his female relations, by his scientific friends, and by the rulers of the 
and by the rulers, spiritual and secular, of the society into which he was born without his consent. I just screwed that up, too. Into which, without his consent, he was born. Wow, that's really hard to read out loud. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, he's awesome. Uh, yeah, uh, best best tombstone ever just because he used the word bamboozled. Yes, true. It, so this totally rem- – I, I read this, and I was like, man, I can't wait to read – I mean – I don't look forward to seeing Randy dead, but I look forward to I hope he has something awesome like this on his tombstone. <laughs> Good old James Randy. Totally. Good old Clement Gilman, my new best friend, even though he died 38 years before I was born. <laughs> <laughs> Clear, clearly, this is a tombstone that was um, self-written. Yes. Because I don't see anybody... Uh, Having a friend who could come up with something like that. So, uh, (laughs) 18 years after its debut, the game Doom is finally available in Germany. It's been banned for the last 18 years? Yep. It was released, and it was banned immediately, and they... uh, the uh, German government has finally decided to uh, um, lift the ban on Doom and Doom 2. All right. So first question, why did they ban it? Second question, why did they take the time to unban it if it's 18 years later? Um, I don't know why it originally got banned, nor do I know why they decided to finally uh, un- unban it. Um I guess, I, on the one hand, it seems retarded that they banned it to begin with. It seems like a waste of time to unban it, but there's all kinds of, you know, every now and then you see these laws that, like, they were put in place and then promptly ignored, and so they're still technically on the books, but nobody follows them or knows that they're there. It was a guy in England that tried to uh, fight a parking ticket by... Um, trial by combat? Yeah, trial by combat. Because it's still technically on the books, except because they never revoked it, but nobody enforces it or uses it. Except for one lunatic. Yeah. Um, okay. It was. Um, it was listed as media harmful to young persons, um, and so therefore uh, banned for sale. Um, no reason is given why it was actually. Uh, released from that from that uh, categorization does Germany still ban stuff like this very often uh yeah uh gears of war 3 is is banned like that it, it's categorized as being that's a bummer naughty um I, it, I just think it's I just think it's interesting that 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 it was banned. I didn't know it was banned, but I think it's interesting that that doom and doom 2 were banned especially for so long I mean considering how prolific doom was i mean it was it it was the game that that made fps's really almost what they are today i mean they would never have gotten as popular as they had if it hadn't been for doom i mean i remember back in the day with like it was uh doom and hexen and heretic and uh there were a couple of other games that came out at the same time but everything that wasn't doom was called a doom clone Right. Instead of an FPS, FPS actually came around later. But uh, it's just it, it's it, it just boggles the mind to think about the fact that there there's people in the world who have yet to play those games. Although, if 
if it's anything if if it's anything like uh um any place else in the world everybody in germany has already played doom and doom 2 oh yeah they just go to france and buy it yeah So that happened. Totally. Yeah. Um, yeah. These stories are not very interesting this week. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's not true. They are interesting, but they haven't really sparked any conversation like they usually do. Yeah. So I found an article on uh, interesting uses for beer other than drinking it. Why would you want to do something with beer other than drinking it? Well, I was thinking about that, and I was trying to trying to think of a good uh, – um, rationalization for for doing these things, and the only thing I can come up with is uh, in case you have flat beer laying around, yeah. which can happen. But you know, anyways, they they say uh, it's good as a pest trap because of the 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 sugars that are involved. They'll uh, they bring in um, bugs, they attract bugs, but then the booze um, kills them. Interesting. Um, you can use it to fertilize plants. Um, because of the uh, fermented sugars are good for for plants, and apparently it works good as a stain remover. Hmm. So you know, know yet another uh, story that once you get through the meat of the content, uh, there's not really much to discuss. I guess that's better than uh, the fraternity brothers we used to have that would go around the day after party drinking, day after parties drinking beers that were still out because they were hungover and it was the fastest way to cure it. <laughs> That's that's pretty gross. It's super gross, especially because they used to pick the cigarette butts out of them first. That's super so nasty. It's, yeah, it's not as nasty as to say it left them in, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the founders of the Pirate Bay have uh, gone legit. They've started a new a new uh, site called Bay Files. Which is uh, a site similar to like Mega Upload or Rapid Share, where you just you post big ass files and then people can come in and download them. Um, and it is not run through BitTorrent at all. It's just a direct download service. Right. So. And and it most importantly though, they said that they're going to abide takedown notices, which is why they call it legit because any, anybody can post anything to those sites, but if they get a DMCA takedown notice, so they're going to actually take it down. Yeah. That's the part that's interesting. Yeah, and definitely. These are the guys that flew in the face of everything and, you know, got raided a couple of times because of crazy shit going on with their, uh, and, their governments and American organizations and everything. And also, uh, indirectly influenced a political party to be founded. Yes. Yeah, they've uh, jumped ship and uh, are now being uh, being law-abiding citizens. Well, this one particular business, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Can't vote for them outside of this business, but... Uh, these, are the, these are the Pirate Bay founders. So the Pirate Bay was uh, sold a while ago, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, so these are not the uh, these are the guys that started Pirate Bay and then sold the company and used their profits to start Bay Files, I guess. Cool. I hate services like that, and so I will probably never use it. I don't know. I they have their uses, but it's usually people that don't know how to use computers and don't know how to get an email attachment to somebody. So rather than going through the appropriate channels within their own IT network, they expose their client files to other vendors. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, sites like that are, are predominantly used for insanely large files, like, you know, a 1.5 gigabyte movie file or something like that. And then you go to download it and you click the link and then it says, says you have to wait 45 seconds to download this file or you can pay us $10 right now and you can get it right away. Yeah, although, well, yeah. Um, there are other ones, though, that um, where the, the person uploading the file pays instead of the downloader. Yeah. Slightly more legitimate. Germany, who likes to ban games like uh, Doom and Doom 2, has uh, implemented um, prostitute meters, which are basically like um, uh, parking meters, but for prostitutes. Um, and you have to, as a prostitute, you have to go and put your money in and get it and you get issued a ticket. And as long as you have that ticket with you, you are legally allowed to be walking the street uh, in on that uh, in that area. Um, and it, cops can stop by and check on you and make sure that you have your ticket. And if you don't, then you get a uh, you get I guess you get arrested or you get a you get a ticket written or something. Um, and basically, it's a, a way for uh, actually it's the city of uh, Bonn, Germany, which is doing this. Um, and uh, it's a way for them to collect some uh, some money from way for them to tax sex without claiming that that's what they're doing. Yeah, basically, and it's uh, it's it costs six euros per night to to get one of these tickets, which is about eight, almost nine dollars per night for uh, or or the cost of one handy. Yeah. <laughs> I asked you to talk about it because I didn't know what the fuck it was, and I was like, "What's a prostitute meter? Is that like a way to gauge how many prostitutes there are?" Or... <laughs> so a guy standing on the corner with a clicker. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine, no, it's. Uh, um... Just imagining the the sensor thing from Ghostbusters. I don't remember what it was called. Oh was yeah, yeah. Cars yeah. that out on the sides. And they... <laughs> there are ninety six prostitutes here. <laughs> <laughs> Also, I've never seen so many dead hookers in all my life. <laughs> I have. <laughs> oh, dirty work. How oh, I love you. All right. So I guess that was not much to say. I just, I was curious to know about that story. I didn't read it. Well, I just, it, 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 I thought it, it, it's, it, I think it, ugh. I think it's an interesting way for the city to, uh, to, to uh, generate a little bit of income. I mean, you're, you're going to have prostitutes might as well, uh, Turn the uh, the proverbial lemons into lemonade. Yes, the sex lemons into sex lemonade. Yes, mm, sex lemonade. Almost sex lemonade is it stings. <laughs> so let's talk about some uh, some crazy Chinese uh, landlords. So in in China, uh, in the in Shenzhen, which is a, a city that borders Hong Kong or a province that borders Hong Kong, there were uh, allegedly uh, landlords were having people go around in uh, apartment complex. Uh, trying to, because they were trying to evict everybody for a construction project, and nobody was 
leaving. So in order to force the evictions, uh, allegedly they were having people go around with boxes full of scorpions and dump them in the windows of the apartments to, to scare people into leaving. Holy fuck. <laughs> yeah. That is bananas. Yeah. So um, there was uh, reports of people who would wake up and they'd look down and their floors would be literally covered in scorpions. Um, one guy reported that that he woke up to one to a scorpion crawling across his chest, um, and uh, that's not cool. No, it's not. Is this illegal in China with the doves? Uh, I would imagine so. Yeah, I would hope so, but I don't the, know. The, the China strikes me as an anything goes place as long as you don't badmouth the government. Yeah, the, <laughs> the company the company that owns the apartment complex denies having any involvement in this. Um, and, and doesn't, and, uh, yeah, they, they, they deny having any association with the people who may or may not have been actually dumping scorpions into the building. So, yeah, uh, China, one, uh, one more reason to not go to China. That shit is scary. Yeah. Crazy. It also reminds me of Dirty Work on account of they. that was the plot of the movie was that somebody hired them to fuck up an apartment building so that they could uh, renovate it or tear it down and build something else or something. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Uh, so some science news. Recently, a study was done by an astrophysicist who was curious about um, plane boarding procedures. Um, this is awesome. Yeah, <laughs> it's so. So the, the what the guy did was he was apparently I, I guess he was sitting around waiting to board a plane and he was like, oh, this is taking forever. And then he started thinking about it and trying to devise a way to improve. Uh, uh, the er, er, increase in speed up the, the the boarding procedure, and so he was trying stuff like le- using computer models. He was uh, modeling, uh, letting people from uh, window seats in first, then middle seats, then aisle seats, uh, then you know doing it inside the um, plane. What's that? On alternating sides of the plane too. Yeah, so, then like then the, alternate alternating sides of the plane, and then there was uh, uh, individually row by row from the back to the front, uh, individually row by row from the front to the back, um, and then he actually tried it with uh, uh, random ordering. So basically, you didn't, you just said, "Hey, everybody, it, get on the plane." Get on the plane. Yeah. And it and interestingly, it turned out that that was the fastest way to do it. Was just say, "Hey, everybody, get on the plane." and people would hop on the plane and eventually you would end up it well, was that, it was always quicker that way that was that was faster that was faster than the way the airlines currently do it right but i don't think it was the fastest i think the fastest was when they did um they did from the outside in from so like from the walls of the plane towards the aisle in alternating sides so there's a youtube video actually where they show they show they let everybody that's sitting on the if you're if you're standing at the back of the plane looking towards the cockpit, everybody on the right side uh, window seats got on first, and then everybody on the left side window seats, and then everybody on the right side middle seats, and then the left side middle seats, and then the right side aisle and the middle uh, the left aisle. And every time when they did that, 
they actually showed that three or four different times, three people took their seats simultaneously. They like had the elbow room to stow their stuff and then just sit down. And so because they weren't waiting on other people because they were just going straight back to work, it was like, it was like um, everything was happening simultaneously even though it wasn't planned. It's just the way it shook out was that people were taking their seats all at the same time so they could let the next people on. And that was faster than the randomness, I think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what it was. Um, and, but it just, you know, there's been so many times where I've just been sitting waiting for a plane and you're like, Oh, come on, you know? And then you finally get on the plane and there's still people that are like sitting around lollygag and putting their luggage away. And you're like, seriously, what the hell? Yeah. And this guy actually, you know, did something about it. Not that any, airlines are actually going to implement his procedure but uh the fact that he actually decided to sit down and figure out a better way of doing things is pretty awesome i don't know why they wouldn't yeah i know right it just seems like it would make sense especially as much clout as the story is getting i mean it was covered on on npr a couple days ago so all you have to do is when you print tickets print the seat backwards so usually you, you get like 7A, which is row 7 seat A. So you just do that backwards, and then you say, everybody with a ticket whose everybody with a ticket whose seat starts with F, get on the plane. Yep. Everybody with a ticket whose seat starts with A, get on the plane, and then you just work your way in, and it's faster. Yep. And one interesting thing was they still let uh, kids get on, people with kids get on first, and it, it was slow at the beginning, but once those guys were seated, then they could go through, and it was still faster than anything else. Yeah. Okay, uh, epic fail. Uh, a, in a trial in Texas, one of the jurors tried to friend <laughs> the defendant on okay. Facebook. Um, what the hell? Yeah. Thankfully, thankfully, oh. uh, somebody found out about this and the guy was uh, uh, cited with, uh, with contempt. And and was actually uh, he four counts of contempt um, and is required to serve two days of community service. I just I don't I don't I, I don't understand. The guy's twenty two, so clearly he's from you know uh, essentially a different generation from from us. But I don't understand how somebody would would think that that was acceptable. First of all, and then I don't understand why the guy would want to be friends with this guy on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah, or anywhere. Really. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you're on the jury of a trial. You don't talk to the guy, and suddenly you want to be friends with him on Facebook. It reminds me of like like when MySpace was around. I mean, I know MySpace is still around, but you know. Oh my God! Did you read today's Explosum or Cyanide and Happiness? No. Oh man, you should check it out. It's really funny. It's uh, it's they have a new hipster character, and uh, it involves MySpace. It's really awesome. <laughs> 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 Whatever. I'm totes telling everyone about this on my live journal. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. That's pretty awesome. But anyways, you know, it reminds me of of uh, back when MySpace was was popular, and it was like everybody had this driving goal to get as many friends as they could humanly get on MySpace, and so you'd end up with seeing people who had like fifteen hundred friends or two thousand friends, and you're like. You look at it, you're like, you don't know this many people. Yeah, I don't think you have ever met even half of these people. What the hell? Yeah. And so, and you know, and in this day and age, you know that probably what happened was 
the dude was sitting there you know the jury jury's you know sitting there and they're talking about it and there's said the guy's on there and he's like hmm i wonder if this guy's on facebook and so he looks him up on his phone and he's like oh he is i'm totally gonna add him as friend yeah i'm an idiot yeah that's definitely an epic fail and on that note i believe that is the rumpus